very appropriate for what I would like to share with you this morning. Um, again, as I've mentioned on special days, special occasions, times like this in these seasons, I like to actually, um, instead of teach necessarily, I like to just share my thoughts aloud. So I'm essentially thinking aloud with you. This is where I've been. I had indicated last week that I would be speaking on um, perhaps the wise men, uh, and I mentioned that, so therefore I'm not going to speak on the wise men today. <laughs> and I'm going to share with you something that, that uh, uh, moved me even recently over the last two or three days to change, and I, and I, and I, I look at it like you know, I was going to do one thing, but then the Lord kind of impresses upon me to do something else. And this was something that just uh, unfolded over the last two, three days. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I think that we're, uh, you know, as we look at the, the coming year, we look back at, the, at 2023, look back at the year, and we're looking forward to things. Um, you know, we, we have all kinds of resolutions and all kinds of things. But, but what's striking, what was striking to me um, was, was a visit that I had uh, that last couple of days from, a, from a, a friend of mine that I went to high school with. Hadn't seen him, haven't visited with him for 40-plus years. But I get a call, uh, and he is um, approaching the end of his life never was in church much, and uh, got an interesting text uh, from him that he, he's not sure how to traverse this road he's on. Um, he has three months, six months maybe, and uh, he asked if I could uh, maybe share with him some, some insight uh, from God's Word or from my perspective on how to prepare for the end of his life. So I visited with him, went over and visited with him, and it, it turns out it wasn't so much about uh, that he wanted to know about God's Word, though he did, but he actually wanted to know how to find joy in his life as he approached the end of his life, and so we visited for a while, and he shared with me kind of my feelings, which is uh, we're, we're in a culture and a world right now where there's not much joy being offered by anyone anywhere. And uh, he said he's tried to, tried to watch uh, in the last four or five months. He's tried to watch, uh, you know, on, on television or things, uh, different things. But he says, you know, when I, when I watch it, it's always about, uh, you know, and the particular ones he was watching, I guess, were talking about the end of the world and everything. And he said, you know, he said, it just scares me to death. He said, I, I, I have no joy. And he said, I'm... I'm ending, I'm coming to the end of my life, and I don't have any answers, and so, so I changed up in my mind. I left there thinking, no, I'm not, uh, the wise men will always be there. I can speak about them later. Uh, I want to speak this morning about having the right resolutions for this coming year uh, in our own lives. When you do a, a smattering of reading, no matter what, what you read, whether it's uh, New York Times, whether it's Financial Times, whether it's uh, Daily Mail, New York Post, it, it doesn't matter. You, you, you're able to, to, and it seems to be on the headlines, um, that there is a lot of fear, what I would call fear-mongering going on. 
I caught one article uh, yesterday, and it was pretty, fairly interesting. And I don't normally read it, but it was about uh, the end of the world, how people are thinking about the end of the world, and their overall overarching idea. Uh, and they are called uh, preppers. All right, preppers. Their overarching idea is that 2024 is is actually they're they're thinking is going to be the perfect storm. And they had a list of things which we're all familiar with. Uh, you know, we, we've had inflation, uh, the world as a whole. There is this threat of war at various uh, fronts that are scaring people, nuclear war, um, you know, civil war even in our own country. Uh, there's a fear of that. Uh, we have a border crisis. We have all kinds of medical issues going on. Uh, one thing they mentioned uh, that they, it was, it was the hate that we have, at least in our, not, not just in our own country, but across the world, uh, a hate based on, on color, based on religion, things like that. And it's just got everything in, in turmoil. And so they, they're thinking that 2024 <clears throat> is possibly going to be the year that the perfect storm comes in. So their resolutions are gather up what you have, and of course, you know that speaks to my heart. I love to, I love to hoard stuff, and so I was reading it, you know, but I told myself, no, I'll, <clears throat> I'm not going to buy that much sugar anymore. However, I do have a lot of beans st stuck back, you know, uh, but but their resolutions are gather up so that you can survive the end of the end of the end of the uh, world, whatever it may be. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, yes, for sure, if you listen to mankind and all the experts, it will scare you to, to death. And that's why I like this hymn. Go back to the ancient words, go back to God's word, and see what it says about how we should live in spite of or regardless where we find ourselves. And so my text this morning that I'll start out with and this was the first one that I read when I got back to the office, was do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. So no matter what's being said or speculated or postulated or prophesied, the fact is we don't know. My parting words to my friend Mark when he said, well, you know, everything's in such a mess in the world and everything, and he said, I, even myself, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to think. And I said, well, I'll tell you what Jesus said. He said, at the end of the world will come at a day that you least expect it. And so, therefore, I'm thinking, uh, no, it, it's going to come in good times, not bad times. We've just got to survive and know how to live in these times. Don't boast about tomorrow. We don't know what the day may bring forth. The scriptures are very clear about that. In fact, Jesus taught that. Uh, about worry and about anxiety uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. What he said was, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. There's enough evil that tomorrow will be, he said, instead seek ye first the kingdom of God. And so there's some, I think, real wisdom in that. But <clears throat> this morning I'd like to share my thoughts on how do we get to that point where we can uh, to take his words, have joy. Have joy in the midst of a joyless culture, a joyless world. How is it we can find joy uh, in, in our lives? Well, um, 
You know, it's like James wrote to the church in Jerusalem, first pastor. He says, he says this, he says, those of you who say, well, today or tomorrow we're going to do this and we're going to do that. He said, you don't know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It's, a, it's, it's as a vapor. Instead, you ought to say, well, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. And so I was thinking about that. I was thinking, well, the Lord's will. We, we, we want to aspire uh, to that, to do the Lord's will. How is it that we can do that? And of course, the, the, the simple answer is we can't know the Lord's will at all or his desires for our life if we don't read the scriptures or we're not familiar with them. We're just kind of speculating and getting our ideas from other people. But it's what the psalmist wrote, what David wrote, that I think is very interesting. He says in Psalm 143, teach me to do your will, O Lord. So there's a learning curve that we all have to go through. And I think the best learning curve is when there is a lot of issues, a lot of tribulation and trials and everything. And that's where how we learn the best. We learn the best in the midst of difficulties, not when things are going well. We learn best when things are not going well because um, we learn that, there's a, you know, that there are certain things that work and certain things that don't work. And I, and I think that, that uh, when we look at our culture and our lives in the, the coming 2024, you know, uh, what is it that's going to survive? Everything that I'm reading is talking about things that are not going to survive. Our economy's not going to survive. Uh, our country's not going to survive. I mean, all kinds of things are not going to survive. So, so if we're going to think of it in those terms, you ask that fundamental question, well, what is it that does survive? And the Bible's very clear about that. Here's what the scriptures say. The world may pass away, what John writes at the end of his life, the Apostle John. But he who does the will of God will abide forever. So already I'm already thinking, okay, the first resolution that I should have is I want to learn how to do the will of God. Because if I can or I do, then, then that's going to ensure and guarantee that even though things may fall by the wayside, I won't. I'll be able to survive. I'll be able to maybe not survive in a bunker, you know, in Idaho or somewhere, but I can survive. My soul can survive. My spirit can survive. And that's God's promise. So how is it we go about that? Well, that's why we have, again, in the ancient words, we have uh, these wonderful, wonderful segments of the scriptures that give us uh, what we would call wisdom. Um, and it's called wisdom literature. You have Proverbs, you have Ecclesiastes. And, and in Proverbs chapter two, the second Proverbs, verse six and seven, it says, the Lord gives wisdom. So it's the Lord that gives wisdom. Now, why would he give us wisdom? So that we can learn how to do his will. The, the opposite of that is foolishness. And if I'm foolish, then I'm, I'm going to live my own life, my own way, do what I think, believe what I want, at the expense of learning what God wants me to do. Therefore, I'm not, I'm not doing his will. The, the writer of Proverbs continues and says, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright or for the righteous or for his children. 
He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. So that means that whatever, whatever the weather, uh, cultural weather is going on, whatever storms are going to come down the, the path, the scriptures teach us that the Lord gives his children, his people, wisdom to withstand that storm, to find the shadow in a dry and thirsty land, to be able to hide under the shadow of his wings, as the psalmist writes, and even as Jesus taught, to withstand the storms when it comes if we have built the right kind of house or we have lived the right kind of life. So how do we get that wisdom? Well, you're not going to get it on TikTok. I can tell you that right now. And you won't probably get it very much on some of these other sites. You just won't get it because most of that is driven by a very self-centered and a self-awareness of things. And that doesn't tell us anything about God whatsoever. So how do we get uh, that, that, that wisdom from God? Well, I'll tell you what the scriptures say. If any of you lack wisdom, ask God. He will give it to you liberally, and he will not withhold anything. However, when you ask God for wisdom, you must ask in faith that he's giving it to you. Do not waver, because if you waver after he has given you wisdom, he will view you as unstable in all your ways. So, we can ask God, and God will give wisdom, but once we get that wisdom... We must act prudently and responsibly with it. The reason being <clears throat> because if we take what God has given us, if we read and we find out and, and, uh, and we, we say, well, this is how we should live and this is what we should do, and then we don't do it, God looks at us and says, well, you know, they're just unstable. They're just not taking anything at all that I tell them. So anyway, when we, when we uh, are, are looking at this coming year and reading all this stuff, and I, I would say, at least from my own perspective, I have to limit what I can read because most of it is, is rather uh, depressing. And it will shape your mind and it will pitch you in a way to where you think, actually, that uh, everything's coming by the wayside. But we've got to remember that if God is true and his words are true, then it says that he will be our guide, he will be with us, he will hold our hand, he will lead us, and we will not be left destitute. So for God's people, the wisdom, what I call the wisdom of the, of, of the right kind of resolutions for the coming year, and I'd say for our whole life, but especially for the coming year, because honestly, I don't know what the next year holds. I have no idea. I could speculate, but I'm no different than everyone else. I, as uh, uh, Doug Scott just said, there's a 50-50 chance, you know, this and that could happen, and there, there tends to be right. What's interesting is that, uh, you know, we tend to think that whatever we read from anywhere it must be true. And we're going to have to learn how to dissimulate and how to be very prudent about people who are proud of their own opinions. As one has said a long time ago, there are some people who just love to inflict their opinions on you. And so I tend to agree with that. 
So what are the resolutions? First of all, the right resolution is that we need to be very realistic about life in, in general, all right? The scriptures say, Lord, make me to know mine end. That's where I started with my friend. He was aware, but I wanted him to understand that he's on a pathway that we all are going to ultimately walk down. We're going to be on that pathway. We're going to be, as I told him, you're in the valley of the shadows of death right now. And I think it's prudent that we ask the Lord, uh, Lord, help me to know my end. We be realistic. And what is the measure of my days? Things won't continue as they always have when we were 20 or 30 years old. We approach that point where we're, we're approaching the sunset, a slow sunset sometimes, but the sunset nonetheless. And we cannot change that. It, that is the way it is. As the world turns, so we live and we approach that final sunset in our own lives. And then he says that I may know how frail I am. That's a great resolution, to know my weaknesses, to know my frailties. Interesting story about uh, Plato. Uh, Plato, uh, or Socrates, Plato was recording it in his dialogues, and he, and he gave the story uh, of, of Socrates. He wanted, Socrates went out and he wanted to find out what exactly is virtue? What, what is virtue? Uh, you know, what is excellence? And so he began to go and ask different people about what it was. And he'd asked a, a builder, and he asked a soldier, and it, one, one of them he asked, well, what is courage? And, you know, what is virtue? What is excellence? He asked a banker. He asked all kinds of people. And at the end of his discussions, Socrates made a declaration. He says, I, I've realized that what I thought I knew, I don't know, and that I don't know that much at all. And that's why the, the phrase that we see, many philosophers, it says, come to know yourself. Lord, teach me, as the, as the scriptures say, help me understand my end and how frail I am. We won't live forever. And the springs... And the summers that we had in our life are the seasons of our past. Help us to know what season we are in. The second one, I think, is <clears throat> simply what the scriptures say. And I like what Jeremiah has to say. He says, thus says, says the Lord, stand in the ways and look and ask for the old paths where the good way is. And then walk in it. And then you'll find rest in your soul. Well, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how a good resolution is just to simply reflect. Not always think about tomorrow, but think about yesterday, and think about the many yesterdays that we've all had. You know, if we will stop and ponder, the sense and the wisdom that God gives us allows us to see a very fundamental pragmatic thing, which is, what has worked and what hasn't worked? Not only, not so much in countries or nations, but what has worked in people's lives and what hasn't worked? And we're able to look back and really do a kind of a view, and then we look at our own life, what has worked and what, what hasn't worked. And when we do that, we're able to reflect 
And hopefully, if we have the wisdom from the Lord, we're not going to make the same mistake that if we keep having failures for three times and expect different results on the fourth time, we're considered a fool. No, if we reflect and we see what has worked in people's lives. So let's put it into these framework. What gives people joy? What gives people peace? Well, certainly not the things that I've mentioned or that I read. They're not giving joy and they're not giving peace to people. But what does? My experience, and I think yours too, has been those who trust the Lord throughout their life to the end of their life have a peace and a joy, as the scriptures say, that passes all understanding. You, like myself, have been with people who have taken their last breath that did not know God, and there was a terror, and there was a fear, and there was an anxiousness about it. And then compare that to those who have served and loved the Lord all their life. There is an anticipation to the unknown. That's what works. And so I think that is a, a great resolution is for us to reflect and search after those things that give us rest in our soul. A third one is what Paul wrote to the church at Coloss. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Okay, let's just look at it from a, from a very practical way. If all we're thinking about is what's going on in this world right now and in our lives and what's out there, there is not anything that's offering us any, any relief or any uh, joy, as I mentioned, or any uh, calmness or security. In fact, right now, what's out in the world is, is everything that, that <clears throat> stirs up confusion or uncertainty. And when we don't have, when we have uncertainty or confusion, we have zero security about tomorrow. We just don't. We don't have any at all. So that's why Paul wrote to the church and he says, look, set your affection and your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Why? Because if we, if we just look around us, it's like Jesus says, all we see is trials and tribulations in this world. That's, that's all we'll ever see. Jesus says we're always going to have the poor among us. Jesus says there's always going to be wars, rumors of wars. There's always going to be those things. So if we're just looking around, we have no peace. But if we look up to God and we trust him, we're setting our affection and our thoughts on what God has promised us. And as the scriptures say, I hath not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him. So why not look up instead of just around? Another one is what Paul wrote to the church at Rome, and I think this is a crucial one for us today. How is it that we can survive, do well, in spite of everything? Paul wrote and he said this, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, case in point. If all I do is read, and I believe what I read, and I believe from people who do not know God, why in the world would I want to believe in people who do not know God necessarily, or even are against God, why would I take what they say as a fact of the matter? Why not instead resist that? 
And I think that for God's children, it's very, very important that we understand what Paul meant here. When he said, do not be conformed to the world, it translates, do not be shaped by the world. Do not be formed by the world. Do not let the world determine how you think and how you act. So in that, uh, that's a great, to me, a great resolution is to resist. There are certain elements in our world that will try to hijack everything good. It just does. It'll hijack your time. It'll hijack your mind. It tries to hijack your soul and your spirit, your children, you name it, your money. It will hijack it. Resist it. Allow the Lord to guide you through that, and you will. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can show what's what really is good and acceptable according to the will of God. So I think that's a good resolution for us uh, in this day and time, in this uh, gnarly, what I like to say, this gnarly season that our world seems to be in. And by the way, just as a footnote, this world is in in the condition it is because of of mankind, humanity. That's why we're in the mess we're in. So Why listen to people that got us in a mess as if they've got the remedy for us? They don't. They don't have it at all. No, we listen, we seek, we search, we ask God to guide our steps. Finally, best resolution there is. Again, in the wisdom literature, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, which, by the way, is the conclusion of my talk this morning. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear or respect or reverence God and keep his commandments. We all have that ability to keep his commandments. He he has given us the strength. He has given us his spirit to guide us, to teach us, to instruct us, and even convict us when we stumble, but always is willing to forgive us. Fear and reverence God. Keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind. Resolutions for 2024. I don't know what's going to happen, and really, I don't care. You know, I mean, I don't care. I may get some more beans, but I'm just saying, I, I don't care. The world's, as we look at it right now, it may not be a, 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 as much of a mess as what they say it is, but it is in a mess. And because of that, I'm going to go back to these ancient words and see what God has for his children. And I'm going to trust it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you loved us. We know you loved us because your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, came to us while we were still sinners. He came to us when, Lord, we had failed, we had stumbled, and yet he reached out and lifted us up, gave us a new life, and promised us that if we follow him, that one day we'll be able to hear those precious words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I pray today, Lord, for our world. As the Lord taught us to pray, Lord, it would be best if your will was done on earth as it is in heaven. But until then, Lord, deliver us from evil, Provide our daily bread, and we'll give you the honor for it in all things that we do. 
as your children. In our Lord's name we pray and honor you. Amen.